Hello and welcome back to the Talking Heads and Tails podcast. We are on season two, episode three. A bit more consistent at the start of this year as opposed to the end of last, which is good. And I could say the consistency has continued in Newcastle. We've now been in the League Cup final, Pat. Oh, oh he's frozen. Oh, would you... Oh, my <laughs> God. I knew it was too good to be true. Oh, no. I thought, what a great start to the pod this is. Next minute. How is it possible that you can be this incompetent in Zoom? Yeah, well, I mean, last week it was fairly um, fairly seamless, the, uh, the Zoom. So, yeah, probably about time we had some more technical issues. Oh, I say we. I mean, Pat. I mean... Um, I was really excited to hear all these hungover stories and stories of last night. So Yeah, well, just for a bit of a peek behind the curtain, we are doing another Wednesday morning record. Um, last night was the League Cup final. Pat went out in Newcastle, so we are looking forward to hearing his opinions on the game and what happened last night and how he's feeling this morning. Also, another peek behind the curtain yesterday, Pat claimed that Newcastle weren't playing good football and then turned up and played one of the best first halves I've probably ever seen from a Newcastle side. Caveat, not, not watched many Newcastle sides. Oh, Pat, we can't just, hear you. Just for the pod, we might actually upload this video version in that Pat has actually joined the pod, but he's mute. But, Brad, did you watch the game? Uh, I was working last night, so I caught the second half and... Must admit, you were waxing lyrical about Newcastle in the first half. In the second half, so I thought we were all over him. Yeah, the second half probably. Yeah, the second half wasn't as good as the first. But they were just managing it out. If anything, they were playing how you should be playing. It was a year. Yeah, advantage. Um, but congratulations! It's the first major final or something in the twenty-first century. Oh, it's uh, oh, he's here. No, I think it's the first, if we win it, it's the first time we've won something since 1969 or something like that. I think we've been in finals since. Oh, right. The first yeah. final since like 76 or something. No, fine. I think we made a final back in, I think we made a FA Cup final back in like the midnight, like the late 90s. Because, um, you know the song by the Free Radicals, You Get What You Give? Yeah. That is a Newcastle song because of a cup run they went on in the year that that came out. So that's the only reason I know that. Um, but yeah, tell me ma, me ma, we won't be home for tea. We'll go to Wembley. Are you going to go to Wembley? I'll have a good go at it, mate. I heard something yesterday in the pub, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, right? Which I thought, that's a, the level of planning and commitment I really appreciated. Group, group of lads there had bought their train tickets down to London. And what they'd done to offset that is put six quid on Southampton going through, which offset the cost of the train. 
So if Southampton had won, they we didn't need to use the train. They would have won a bet that would have covered the cost of it. So it was just cost them six pounds more than it originally did, but with the demand after they went through, that would have gone up by more than six quid. Yeah, which I thought. Andy, guess that. Are these people that have never left Newcastle because of the fact that you can actually get trains refunded? Uh, that's a good point I don't know can you get a train refunded I didn't know that I didn't know you could cancel a train and get it, get a refund on it just by not going just be like oh sorry I don't need to travel anymore no you can because last year when I was on my way to an Everton City game I was speaking to Everton fans and they go home and away we kind of took some point not to be quite high fans here is and they were saying like some of the tricks of the trade about if you check, if your ticket doesn't get scanned, you can refund it to you, like you can go on it and stuff like that. Right, so, fair enough. Yeah, that is um, that's interesting. But yeah, uh, last night was a good night. It was drinking in a pub. I've not drank in for a while. Well, I haven't drank in for a few years, and everybody went in for a pint a couple of years ago. Uh, it was all right. We bounced it up and down. Yeah, it was pretty busy, like, um, yeah, good game. I thought Newcastle played really well in the first half, really enjoyed it. It looked like a top-of-the-table team was playing a bottom-of-the-table team. Uh, I thought the second half was a little bit more scrambly and hoofy and, and let's win the ball back in our, in the sort of in our third and just hoof it as far as we can because I thought Southampton played, played well and... I think they never ever looked properly threatening, but um, those you know I think they built quite well. I think one of the lads I was with actually made a really good point. He was like, the thing about Southampton is because they play relegation football week in week out, they don't need to build momentum. They just find momentum from nowhere whenever they get half a chance to to sort of score because yeah. they're just so used to always playing on the back foot. So that's that, what makes them dangerous. That Adam Armstrong shot. Oh, Armstrong um, chance was massive. Where he went through and the, yeah, it was a good serve by Pope. The commentary say we, we should have, should have, he should have tried to take it round him, but I don't think he had chance. I think his only chance was to try and dip him, but Pope made himself big, didn't he? Um, it was good though, Pat. You must be buzzing. Sorry, I um, lost audio then for a minute. Don't you I mean, have you booked off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for um, League Cup yeah, final so week? Like a week that week. I'm all over the, I'm all over the shop. Uh, so, yeah, I need to work out logistics. But I think I'm going to... Um, try and get a ticket and then worry about travel after, which I know isn't the right way to do it, but I feel like it's got to the point now where if I buy a ticket, train ticket now, it's going to be no more or less expensive than it will be when I find out about tickets. Right. Oh, you could just get... I wouldn't advise them by the bus, so the train would be no. the best option, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um... There's lots of... Do you, know, do you know what, though? I don't know what the allocation would be. And I think it would be interesting if 
you created a scenario where season ticket holders didn't get first refusal. Like imagine if you've been home and away in Newcastle for years with your season ticket and then you miss out on a cup final match to some student that's jumped on the bandwagon. You've got 30,000, you have like 30,000 tickets though, won't you? We won't, but we will. You will? Yeah, so I was trying to work this out last night with the lad I was with in the pub. So, Wembley, at least 15,000 of those tickets are going to be cool, aren't they? And the rest, 20, 25. Okay, so that leaves you, what, 60,000? Yeah. Split down the middle, United are going to bring 30,000, no bother. There's probably twenty. There's probably twenty twenty five thousand season ticket holders, which leaves you then five thousand people that want tickets, and every no, man and their dog in Newcastle want a ticket. Yeah, they'll only have a certain amount for season ticket holders. They can't guarantee every season ticket holder. I know, but you feel like they sort of should. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just for uh, notification regarding the quietness of a certain member of the pod, before we had this got on the got on the Zoom, I was mentioning about uh, a recent NRL draft that we did, and I can imagine all he's doing now is trading in and out players. No, so I did have a little look, but I mean, I'm happy with my team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy speaking football. I'm I quite carried, happy speaking in our draft because I don't have to fucking work it. <laughs> I, I carried the first minute of this podcast, thank you very much, whilst Pat was whilst Pat was Pat was out of action. Um can we just talk about NRL draft? Of course because we can. Because I've um not stayed very close to the news. So my pick of Chad Townsend. Yeah. I sort of looked at it, albeit it was an accidental pick in the sense of I didn't mean to draft him like that early on. I was just looking at his stats Yeah, it came to my pick and I didn't realise that I'd like pre-picked him. Anyway, um, I didn't realise he's caught in this like massive controversial pay dispute and like is basically telling people that he's not, he's refusing to play, play and stuff. So I was like, that's why he's... Um, Oh That's no, but everyone like, is. So I don't know why he's so low on the Everyone's the caught on it. Why is he so, yeah. why is he so low on the rankings then? Because he's like named in quite a lot of articles about being quite vocal about it. So I think that's I think he's named in quite a lot of things because he's one he might be one of the rugby league players associations like representatives. He is because he's thirty two, isn't he? He's sort yeah, of yeah. around the block. But I think he's quite low because he's oh he had a very good season last year. Uh and you might not like to hear this, but I don't think he's the greatest point scorer in NRL fantasy just because uh he's more of a um get him round the park operator okay, rather than so. a uh put it this way, if I were you, who's your halfback? Mitchell Moses. Mitch Moses, yeah. Yeah, I'd stick with that. I'm quite happy with Munster and Mitch Moses, if I'm, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, that is it. That is a good six-seven combo. I do agree, but we'll have to see because my centres and wingers, Matt, the four people I've got playing at centre and wingers, it's just not looking good. Herbie Farnworth's probably the only one that I knew going into this. 
Yeah, that's not good. It's like Brad with his front rowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my front rowers aren't the issue. My front rowers are the centre and wingers again. Oh, oh yeah, it's um, it's uh, someone else who's got no front rowers. This I mean, I'm, team... happy, I'm, I'm happy with the balance of my squad. There's one team on yeah, the cross that are. is light years ahead of everyone's, and it kind of is epitomised that he got first pick in the draft. Is that Nathan Cleary and Ado Carr's team? No, no. Um, it's the team with Nico Hines. Hot boy Nico. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he also didn't know how to work the app. He was FaceTiming. Uh, friend of the pod uh, before and asking how you do it <laughs> before the draft well it's good that we're all involved in this year because it will get a little bit tasty yeah it will get tasty I'm really um, really excited for the season to start can't wait for rugby league to be back can't wait for F1 to be back can't wait for the summer to, of cricket to be back I know and um, Lan- Lanks have signed some pretty decent De Grandom and Mitchell, haven't they? Yeah, I saw that. That's uh, pretty good. Hopefully, Two class class signings that. Yeah, hopefully it's for uh, a bit of everything. So if they can, if they play in the the T Twenty Blast, that'd be um, good to go and watch. Yeah, that will be. But I think that's the thing that I like about them both is they're both um... all format players. Yeah, and like exciting all format players. Yeah. In in a in a small piece of cricketing news, uh, did you see about Dane Van Niekerk? Have you seen about any of this? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty mental. I think. I don't know, you know, like it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I think well, the world would respond differently if a male player was missed out on a fitness test and they were told you're not going on tour. Yeah, well, if you. It's hard because it's not just a male player missing out on fitness tests. It's like the women's South African equivalent of Ben Stokes. Yeah. So, Brad, I'm not sure if True. you've seen this, but a South African woman's cricketer has not been picked for the T20 World Cup squad because her two-kilometre run time was something like 12 seconds longer than the cut-off point that South Africa cricket have set. Feels kind of deliberate that, and it's those sorts of margins, doesn't is it? Is she a player worthy of being in the squad? I mean, she's like head she and was shoulders captain. one of the best in the world. Then why would they do that? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Is that me being a bit too logical? Um, so last January which seems quite a while ago, so I don't think this would really affect it. But she broke her ankle. Uh, and I think she was out for the majority of last year. But, and then, um, yeah, so she was their captain. She captained the Oval Invincibles uh, to their maiden yeah. 100 competition win last right. year. Oh, well, in 2021. Um, and then finals this year, it's gone. This season yeah. gone. Yeah, so it's not like she's a bit of a nothing player. Uh, she's a player. Is she a bit rounder as well? Reasonable level of thickness, as I said. Right. I wonder what the two K time was. Yeah, I'm, they've not released that. Which <laughs> I thought was interesting. 
I thought it had. I thought I saw it. And it had to be nine minutes. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Two k. Four and a half minutes. Fifty split. kilometers. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was looking to get a, a kilometer and a half in that time. Might have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Two kilometer cut off South African women. I want to find it out that because, but. Yeah, so I've seen in the past that, you know, Samit Patel, ex-England and still current Nottingham cricketer. He got told that he was, um, he wasn't fit enough to play men's cricket for England. I've got the time. Go on. Yeah. Nine minutes 30. What is that what it needs to be? That's pretty quick, like... That's really quick. And she did it in 10 minutes. Did she do 10 minutes? 2K in nine, in nine minutes 30. So what's that? Five. That's four, like four minutes. 75. Yeah, four minutes, 45 seconds. 45 That's pretty quick. Like, is it on a treadmill? I wonder. I think I could do that, but I'd be absolutely ruined after. You it. think you could do a twenty-four minute five k? No, no, but you don't have to keep it up for five k, do you? <laughs> it's just two k, isn't it? <laughs> Sprint two k. Yeah, they don't say we're going to do a two k test, and then when you get two k into it, they say actually only keep that pace up for five. three more k. <laughs> I still think that's really quick. Um, no, I don't think it's too bad. Uh, all right, stat here. She's the only South African, um, I'm guessing this is woman, who have scored both 1,500 runs and taken 50-plus wickets in T20 internationals when she's been left out of the squad for fitness requirements. Wow. I think, like... There's definitely something else going on there, isn't there? Yeah. And her wife um, has been picked for the squad. Wow. That, is, that, is, that adds a little bit more tastiness to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Her, her wife is that Marazane Cap, who's also quite a well-known South African. Very well-known. Interesting person when you hear her interviewed as well. Very... Uh, very religious. Well, yeah. Well, her pinned tweet is a picture saying, Jesus, born as a baby, preached as a child, killed as a man, arose as a victor, come back as the king. That sounds about... That sounds quite Marianne Cap. Sounds like whatever to be saying about Sean Dash. <laughs> Did ever to make any signings in the end? No. So all One they did one. is... All they did is lost a player. They lost a player. They also also lost another player to Sunderland. Just thought, that's not playing eyes at foot. You're going to have to play against him next year. I know. I do think relegation is odds on, isn't it? I'm actually going to look at... It's beyond odds on, lads. No, I don't think it is. I think Sean Dice will do a bit of a job. Will he be able to do that big of a job? I'll be surprised, but... How many how many points you got at the moment? Uh, is it fifteen? 
you need another at least another fifteen points. More another twenty, twenty five. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, you're going to need 30, 33, Our issue is, is our points. next two games are Arsenal and Liverpool. But then we've got an okay run. We've got Leeds at home. Uh, I think Forest away are in there, which isn't too easy, but then Brentford at home. I just think we've got each game as it comes. Do you think he'll I, do it? Uh, I think if there's a man for the job, Sean Dyche would be up there on my list. Exactly that. I'm not think, saying that he could do it, but I think he'll have a he'll have a good go. Well, that's seventy thirty. We'll get relegated. Yeah. Who who else is down there? Southampton. Um, Bournemouth, Forest. Wolves, Forest, Leicester still down there. Leeds still down there. Wolves are still down. There. I said Wolves in a. Um, Leeds are still down there. We're three to two on. Let's go down. Hmm. Yeah, mate. I'm not liking your chances, to be honest. It'd be but tasty, though. I did no, have what's... a look at the table, and there is, it is quite congested at the bottom. Yeah, one winner with seven, one winner with six teams. Hmm. But I think the thing is, there's a couple of there's a couple of teams that are playing with good, like a bit of good momentum down there. So, like Forest, probably. I can't see Forrest going down. No. Especially after they've signed the the bold Terminator. Oh, John Joe. I was sad about that yesterday. A few people have been like, get out, he's shit. But actually, I sort of, I don't know, I was a bit like, I was a, I'm a bit sad to see him go. Mm. It's mental if my boys win their game in hand, they're uh, eight points clear at the top. <laughs> Mr. All or Nothing over here. <laughs> Mr. Michael Arteta is the, <laughs> an absolute mastermind. He taught Pep everything he knows. <laughs> West Ham are struggling. Didn't realise how much they're struggling. Exactly. One win and we're not above him, but... The thing is, as well, you've got, like, goal difference on your side when you look at it, like... Only against Bournemouth and Southampton. And Wolves. And Wolves, so yeah. And Forest. Um, on my FIFA career uh, manager mode recently, I've just won the FA Cup with Newcastle, obviously. Um, oh, congrats. But I'm uh, mid-table. I'm currently eighth in the table. Do you know what my goal difference is? What? Minus 77. When I lose, I seem to get absolutely pumped. Like, absolutely. Minus 77. Pumped. Like, I've got the worst defensive record in the league. I'm reminded every single game I play it. Worst defensive record in the league. So when I win, I win. But when I lose, I lose about 7-2. And that's got nothing to do with anything other than me just completely losing my head and giving up. That is absolutely nuts. (laughs) Fair play for you two and go for the career season that far. Oh, I love it. I'm I was with Salford for ages. Did three seasons at Salford. Yeah, proper, proper Salford fan, aren't you? Love to see you. Red. Solid Reds. How was your walk then, boys? Tell me all about it. 
I've got over the jealousy of it now, so I'm on yeah, it. This this will probably help you to be fair. So I said at the start of the walk, I knew it'd be dead I knew it'd be a lovely walk, but I said I think we're doing this in reverse order, which hindsight was eyes up footy. Also hindsight wasn't intentional. <laughs> so, so by reverse order, he means that there were like three stages of the walk. Or like four stages of the walk because there were like three different things to see and then the peak. Send me the old trails so I can look at it whilst you talk about it. Right. So we set off on this walk and I'd say it's probably one of the nicest walks I've been on. And if it was the weather was a little bit nicer, it'd be even nicer. It'd be it'd have been better sort of thing. So it's something it's a walk that we both said we'll go back and do. Yeah. Um what the right way around? Yeah, mix it up. So, did you? So, just just to ask, I have done this walk or a very similar walk in the past. Did you start by the little waterfall and then walk up and onto the like the tarn and then down the big waterfall, like the really steep steps? No, we walk up the really, really steep steps and come back and down. No, we didn't go up any steps. You walked up the waterfall. No, we walked. Up some hill to the top of the cove. So we walked small waterfall. Yeah. Big waterfall. Yeah. Like the bottom of the big waterfall. But up did some, you go on the like the big the cove? Like, yeah, the clock yeah. Is yeah, and then we walked up to the via some via just that... some fields. Oh right. Saw a lot of sheep. And then we walked like Away from there, like behind the cove, just we just carried on going up and up and up and up, and it was getting windier <laughs> and rainy, and we'd not seen anyone for about twenty minutes. We thought we're the only stu- we're the only two stupid bastards at to attempt this today. Um, Every step we took was going up, but gradually up at the same time, making yeah. five hundred meters be like a thousand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, and then we uh, came across someone and Brad went, oh, does it get easier? And the woman just went, no. Whilst she was wearing <laughs> what could only be described as like a Michelin man warm suit. Yeah, and I was in <laughs> shorts. That's, um, that is interesting. She did, she did it in reverse order. She went over to Janet's Foss first. Yeah. Skulldale Scar. Up that hill onto Malantan and then down and via the down via the um the cove itself. Well looks like a good walk. What time did you have to start? Did you start it? Um uh, got there at half nine, ten o'clock. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And what's this what's this week's um, Oh walk? part that's not the one we did. I was looking at that. <laughs> Why is this so difficult to find? Do you ever read the uh, description, which is, I'm pretty sure it's uh, like a machine learning description based on reviews, and then you read the reviews and it's like, it's like, this trail involves a little bit of scrambling and you are unlikely to see anyone 
And I'm like, the, the reviews are like, I'm so scared of heights. I thought I was going to die. It's crumbling for most of the way. I didn't see anyone for miles. Well, this one says it should take three hours, 57 minutes, but we did it in three. Um, that was after getting lost. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, it, is, like, it looks like you've had a good do there. I'm just looking through the pictures now. It is quite impressive, like Malam Tan on the top, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Pat, look at the second review on that. <laughs> it's not you by any chance, is it? Yeah. Second review on the on the water you did, Malam Cove, Gordale Scar Circular. Re- Here he is, Bradley Cunningham. He's got a little stag icon. What you like? Shrink, I chose that. Five stars. Did the trail backwards, which were <laughs> well, given the weather, worsened. <laughs> Brad, you need to punctuate your sentences. I, I think I did this knackered at the night time. I'm just reading through now myself. That review makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. You see, I was there and that review couldn't make more sense if Brad tried. (laughs) (laughs) Quite hard to find your trail on the way back down to, a.k.a. we got lost. (laughs) (laughs) A.k.a. don't do it reverse order because it's really hard to find the trail back. It's quite a lot of, like... I think, I think all trails came in for a bit of criticism recently because some these people kept doing this this trail that had been mapped incorrectly <laughs> in like I think it's been like seven or eight days in a row. Um, Mountain Rescue got called out to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> what what Malam Cove was it? Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought at one point it went through my head, but I didn't say it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be negative on the walk. If one of us collapsed here, we fucked. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was a very good walk. It was a nice, rewarding one. I believe. Oh, yeah, that, I do you know it. the? Um, do you know when you walk down that path and you come go see like the cave and come back? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, you can climb up that. Yeah, people do. What? That's like up the, the waterfall. Yeah, to the top. Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted that with um, mittens on and the use of one hand. No, I wouldn't either. I really want um, electric gloves like Bob Mortimer. I've never seen that. The Christmas Day. Have you seen the Christmas Day yet? No, not yet. Oh, Jad. What are you doing? Um, All right, so I want off. Brad, you've only reviewed one. That's sad. What do you mean? I wanted to read um, all the walks you'd reviewed. It was the first time I was um, directing, isn't it? First time you were navigator. Well, then if you actually look at my review and then look navigator. at my walk, I left it on to drive all the way to the pub. <laughs> Did you actually? <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, that's funny. It looks like the total distance is 33k <laughs> in three hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed with an ele- it. With an elevation gain of 848, 
What was your average pace, like 20, miles, 20 kilometers an hour? Uh, what's he say? Good crack. Um, just on the football, just a very small note on the football. So at the cricket Christmas do this year, they did a raffle. Yeah. Um, and one of the prizes in the raffle was a football that had been signed by Matty and Sean Longstaff, and nobody wanted it. <laughs> and someone just put in the group now, that that signed football is looking good now. <laughs> <laughs> is Matty still playing for you? No, Matty plays for, I'm pretty sure Matty plays for Mansfield Town. He's out on loan, isn't he? Yeah. He was good, wasn't he? He's oh. all right. Sean's better, like. Team that plays in yellow, in, in orange. It's like Port Vale. No. Did Port Vale play Mansfield in a, in a League Two playoff last year or a League One play, League Two playoff? Um, Patty plays for Colchester United. Does he? Same All point. right. He must have moved. Did who, do who play in orange? Port Vale played in a playoff, didn't they? They're playing green. Season. Yeah. But they, who did they play? They played Mansfield, I'm pretty sure, in the playoff last year. And he was playing for them at the time. So he must have gone to Colchester after. Oh, I'll be able to find out. But, Mansfield, yeah, any... right. Mansfield uh, right. Yeah. Oh, God, Pat, you're such a fountain of knowledge. From last season. Last season's knowledge. Shit, shit knowledge, too. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible knowledge. It's so useless. <laughs> my long time play for Mansfield Town in the 21-22 not the season he currently plays for. <laughs> ever comes to fruition, I will be surprised. Well, you you never know that pub quiz in the the twenty one twenty two football season. Who did Matty Longstaff play for? I'll sort you out. Can't wait. You have to follow his career. So, lads. I've got a topic of the week, which I think I might start doing as a theme because it's quite interesting. And the one this week is, have you seen how Oxford is being turned into a 15-minute city? No. No. What's that? Oh, right. Um, What's Brad? Did you need to do prior reading for this, Brad? (laughs) No. No, you could have told us. Yeah. So, to... It's it's based around like their emissions and stuff, but to reduce, to get to net zero or whatever, they're making it a fifteen minute city. So only that you can only go in because you can get everything within fifteen minutes. So it's trying to stop like people from not from Oxford going into Oxford, which is absolutely bonkers. So, but I saw. Um, so they've been putting these bollards around the city. I'm not sure if it's Oxford is the main Oxford or a suburb of Oxford. Um, well, they've been putting like bollards in, and I saw someone that just take the bollard out and just drive straight through. Right. So <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm just reading. Conspiracy theorists say 15-minute city agenda is attempt to usher in climate lockdowns as supporters say it can help save a dying climate. One of the latest conspiracy theories is the 15-minute city is a secret plan to lock us up inside small neighbourhoods. <laughs> Brad, where do you find this stuff? <laughs> 
Wait, when I said I had a story for the pod this week, I did say it will go on a conspiracy theory rabbit hole. All right, so just reverse back. What is a 15-minute city? You can't you can't go into Oxford unless you live 15 minutes away. No. It's it's a premise that when you want and you can get anything you want within 15 minutes of being in the city. All right. Essentially. Yeah, but you can do that in Manchester. Traffic dependent. Just you can do it. You can do it anywhere, really, can't you? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, Katie Hopkins has commented on it. Yeah, I mean. What? So there's a nice little picture that they've drawn on on this, which, to be fair, though, in most built-up places, you live in a 15-minute city based on this. Like what it's so saying it's is, an approach to urban design aimed to improve quality of life by creating cities where everything a resident needs can be reached within 15 minutes by food, bike, or public transport. Foot bike, not food. Huh? Yeah, but like... So essentially, you don't need a car to leave the city. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though, because like, you look at it, right? Well, you can't go to Malmco in 15 minutes of... No, but that's like food. a day trip. That's not... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't see that as, like, everyday living. But, like, you could enjoy the outdoors 15 minutes from your house, technically. Yeah, like, I don't think true, it's a true. rule you have to live by. I don't think it's like, right, we're now a 15-minute city. Um, I hope I hope you enjoy the Cotswolds while it lasted people who live in Oxford because you're never going again. Yeah. It's a tough one. But, I mean, look... If the aim's net zero, I think these cities aren't the issue anyway. As in Oxford? As in Oxford and Cambridge? Yeah, all the other ones that are doing it at the minute, like Barcelona, Mel- Melbourne's one, Milan, Paris, like... What, are they all trying to be 15-minute cities? They apparently are 15-minute cities. I'd say I lived in a 15-minute city already. I'd say I live in a 15-minute city. I don't think a 15-minute city. 15 minutes. I don't think Lee. Nice. Yeah. You live in a 15-minute suburb. I, I can walk to the... What, what do you need more than? I can walk to a shop, a gym, work, a pharmacy... A restaurant, a pub, a supermarket. A yeah, a supermarket in fifteen minutes. Oh, yeah, you food got is your you last need. option there, Jed. No, well, when I said shop at the beginning, that's what I meant. I think that you don't need to necessarily announce that you're going to be a fifteen-minute city if you already are a fifteen-minute city. Is that not just is that not just Walpole of the Year? 
to say we're uh, doing climate change by doing 15 minute cities but actually the wall pull is they're already a 15 minute city and they've just done nothing and yeah i have a feeling it's it's being used to make so residents of the city don't go out of the city to purchase things that they could get inside the city so it's trying to help like local businesses and stuff like that yeah, but say if I needed a new headlight headlight bulb and there was a Halfords, a 15-minute drive away, or Tommy down the local DIY store was selling one for five times the price because his margins are squeezed because he's paying rent in the centre of Oxford, I'm driving to the Halfords or sure. I'm getting it delivered. If you're happy ruining the planet, Jed, then that's on you. No, yeah, but my my view on ruining the planet... Is I could I could live a carbon negative life, everyone in the UK could, but it won't make a difference because a it'll be a drop in the ocean, but b as long as very big countries are still using coal, and uh, there's fossil fuels still being used all over the world, then it's not going to make a difference. Tell you what, that drop in the ocean, that drop in lava soon. Exactly. That's what, that's what I was saying earlier about as much as it matters, as much as it does make a difference, as much as it kind of makes a difference, does it really? I don't know. I have noticed like there's a lot less... Um, I think things have, have improved like in lots of places. There's been like... You see a lot less packaging and stuff, which is good. But yeah, I sort of am with Jed on this one a little bit. Is do you know even every now and look and go, there's genuinely a ridiculous amount of plastic here. Oh, one hundred percent. But like plastic packaging, yeah, it's not great, but like the other options also aren't great unless you just have no packaging, which I think yeah. is is the, the way forward. And there's like need packaging, does it? No, yeah, what? yeah, one hundred percent. Fruit and veg doesn't need packaging. Don't, don't, don't need packaging, no. But like, I do think that people take it like take it to a a level that's not like. So I was in the butcher's a couple of weeks ago, and a fellow had bought all his own Tupperware and just said, "Oh, do it in an them Tupperwares, right?" And she and the butcher was like, "That's absolutely fine, yeah, but just making it very clear that if you get ill because you've not washed these out properly, that is not on me." Oh right. He, but he brought like in one box. Then put it in a bag. Yeah, but I suppose the bag's like you you wouldn't then reuse the bag to eat your lunch out of. You know what I mean? You wouldn't put leftovers in it. Yeah, there are rules around using recycled plastic for food packaging. There are like laws around it. Is that because it degrades or? Um, yeah, I just think it's because the, like, the quality of it can't be guaranteed as much. Yeah. Th- do you think, going back to the 15-minute city thing, do you <laughs> think you can get from the Green Quarter in Manchester to the Imperial War Museum in 15 minutes on public transport? Because if you can, I'm sold.
How long would it take to walk there? 40 minutes? Maybe a bit longer from me. Where is it? Can we go next time I'm down? It's class. Do you still get to like try try all the clothes on and that? No. I won't do a week. It is good. Where is it? Um, it is near Media City. It would take me an hour and eight minutes to walk. Brad, as if you say you're from Salford and you've never been to the Imperial War Museum. Mate. Right. I've never been to the um, football museum either. That's good. Is it? I've never been to that. Yeah. I went in uh, sixth form on a A-level PE trip. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the biggest excuse for a day out ever. And what you did you learn? Wear... Did you learn from that that you apply to your A level PA course? So one of the um, so A level PA exams were split into like three categories, or like three like modules or topics or like umbrellas. One was like anatomy and physiology, so all about the body, muscles, bones, joints, etc. Like cardiovascular system makes sense. One was about like sports psychology and like how you learn and how you get good at skills, which was also interesting. And then the other was about like almost like sociology, like the social side of sport. And that included sport history and like the history of football was a big thing about like how it split away from the um, roots of like private schools and how it became a working class sport and how churches and factories had uh, teams. So yeah, so there was quite a little bit to do with that in the in the museum, which was good. But at the same time, was it just an excuse for a dust day out? Yes. Did you have to wear a football top? Well, not have to, but did the college say you have to wear a football top? Yes. Did I have a football top? No. <laughs> did I go to Sports Direct and get the cheapest one I could find? Yes. Was that a bright yellow AEK Athens shirt? Yes. Sick. That's so good. That is. Have I, have I still got it? No, unfortunately. Oh. I don't know where it is. That's even better. I'd love to. On football shirts. I'd love to do, do you know, the mystery box football shirts. Yeah. Yeah, they look good. We should I just think do we it need for to... one event. Snowy. We should buy all the uh, all the NRL jerseys we can and and start our own NRL mystery box jersey. Brad could make a fucking kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got thirty. Yeah, no, I've seen them. Oh, they're my pride and joy. Not bought one in a while too. I just think buying sports stuff, even though you never wear it, there's just something about it where it's like tickles your balls, sort of thing. I wear my NRL polos all the time. Like, all the time. You have got about 10 now. No, to be fair, I don't have that many, but I do enjoy them. I just, I think they fit really nicely. They're just, they're just good all round tops. My bunny's one I've been wearing before bed because it's made out of cotton now. It's brilliant. Jeremy tried on the one that was handed down and then handed down again. Oh it's yeah, snug. absolute ripper. Is it? I mean, it's, it's not snug for me because I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not, not a thick boy. As, I'm not as thick <laughs> as you two. 
And more importantly, I'm not as tall as you two. Was quite short. I don't yeah. know you ever thought it'd fit me, Pat. I said have a go. I appreciate <laughs> I go. appreciate the gesture. It's when you put it on, you were like, nope. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think Jed definitely belongs on Jed's wall. Brad doesn't fit you, I'm going to leave it here, though, because I can't massive it anymore. This is West Tigers one that's good. Jed's to West, Tig- West Tigers. Yeah, he wore that for the walk. Malenko saw that this weekend. Nice. didn't see it because it was freezing. So Ripper. we were laid up. From yeah. from from Malum Cove to Valtheran. Yeah, mate. Everywhere's going to see it. Oh, I cannot Should wait for skiing. Class. That's the. Is that the weekend before before the NRL starts, or the weekend of the NRL starting? What skiing? The NRL starts like February. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was what? Like Sorry, I've just got, I've completely lost all sense of time because I knew that it was like 31 days until the NRL starts. Second of March is your first round, but like the week before that will be like, or the couple of weeks before that will be the All-Stars Challenge. Yeah, that'll be good. Nice. It's good so, to get yeah. some footy back on the TV, isn't it? Absolute buzzing for it. Yeah, should um, be good, like. The final, oh well, my my topic and which probably going to be the final thing we talk about uh, looking at the time is it was the NR, uh, NFL championship games on the weekend yeah uh, something I cannot get my head around with American football is the trophy presentations when a team wins it's not presented to the captain or the coach it's presented to the team owner yeah, I sort of knew you were going to say that, but it is weird, isn't it? And I find it absolutely mind-blowing. They even do that for the actual Super Bowl, don't they? Yeah. But American sport and NFL in particular is very, like, owner-driven in the sense of proper white boy club, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, imagine if the Everton owner tried going anywhere near the club. At the minute, oh no! Getting well, they were advised. Run. They were getting them in a headlock. I didn't really. I uh, got a notification just the other week to say they've been advised to not go to any games at all. Well, yeah. it's going to be even worse after not. He's probably seen a striker and not coming as a striker. It's making the Everton fans look toxic, but can't. Gotta go into it. Yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know? Ever earn absolutely rife for a bit of. Arabian money investment. Oh, 100%. I can't wait for it. It's going to be yeah. so funny. I Honestly. wouldn't say no to it now. would not say no to it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing that makes me laugh is like, you sort of quietly look at these people who are dishing it out and you're like, just you wait. It's just only a matter of time. It's yeah. only probably in like 10 years' time, I am less than that. At least seven Premier League teams will be owned by. Middle Eastern money. Yeah, I'd have thought so. Yeah. Oh, well, um, Middle Eastern or American will take up 90%. And then we might get owners lifting trophies there. No, um, I don't think that'll ever happen. Imagine the backlash of English football fans. What if that happened? 
yeah, if like uh, Sheik Masood or whatever it's called was lifting the trophy instead of uh, <laughs> or before Pat. The the FSG group come up in front of Klopp. Yeah, yeah. That would be turmoil. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, just on some a small bit of transfer news, did any of you spot that Romeo Beckham has signed for Brentford? Yeah, he did it the first couple of weeks, didn't he? Yeah. He's been playing that. over into Miami, which Beckham owns. Um, but he's been playing with the under-21s at Brentford. But do you know he was taken on by Arsenal's Arsenal's academy and then released a year later and then gave up and started playing tennis? And then when he was 20, he was like, nah, I can fancy giving football again. I'll go again. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. He also on the Beckhams. Have you seen when Brooklyn ever does like a food tutorial? He just gets absolutely slated by everyone. No. I've not oh, seen that to be fair. He's, he's kind of slated for anything he's ever done. He, have you seen his photography work? No, is it bad? <laughs> so he went to, I think he went to a university photographer and then if you look at if you're talking about it, you got absolutely slated for it. I saw that that uh, David went to watch one of the games and had to jump the fence because he was getting mobbed. Did he? At Brentford. Yeah, yeah, Brentford. Mad. I mean, I definitely mob him. Good-looking bloke. All yeah, loads of money. Agreed. Right then, boys, we're leaving it there. Yeah, I think it's been another successful pod. It's been a pod. It's been a pod. Been a pod. Pod in. By successful, I mean we've done it. I'll leave the link to my review of the walk we did at the weekend. Yeah, more, yeah. more ones to come. Please do. Please send me that. And if you've got any suggestions or anything, don't hesitate to get to get. To get in contact, we do appreciate it when people do. Not that many do, but we are starting to hammer the socials a little bit more and getting out and about. But anyway, boys, it's been a pleasure. Been a As pleasure, always. boys. Snow it, fellas. <laughs>